Talk to my friend Drew Allen. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. As die-hard conservative. I to this guy for wisdom. Captain, did you hear about the protests that are spreading throughout the country? These widespread protests right now out of abuse by the FBI. That's right. They're calling the left. The Democrats are calling to defund the FBI. They're actually burning down a lot of our cities right now in protest. Social justice, they say, um, because, you know, the FBI just assassinated a 75-year-old Trump supporter uh, this morning at 6.15 a.m. And in response, as you would expect from the, the left, who really cannot stand and tolerate this type of abuse while they're out there protesting the street. Oh, that's a fantasy. No, none of that happened, huh? It's not like BLM when you, you know, when, when a cop puts his neck on uh, somebody with deadly amounts of fentanyl in a system named George Floyd. Oh, that, then we get the protest. Then it's, then it's calling for the head of the cop. But the FBI, the FBI, uh, they just literally, and I, I, I'm saying this seriously, they carried out an assassination. That's what they did this morning. I'll tell you about this. You saw this story, right, Captain? Yeah, everyone's seen this story. This is the story of the day. Um, I've got a clip to play. We're going to revisit this, Captain. It's a two-minute, 20-second-long clip, so I probably won't do the whole thing, uh, but I'll, I'll let you know in a minute. But anyway, so th this this guy's name, if, if you're not familiar, 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 with what happened at 6.15 a.m. this morning. Well, the FBI showed up in full force. They set off a flashbang grenade at the home of a Trump supporter named Craig Robertson. And his neighbors, of course, everyone could attest that he didn't have a violent bone in his body. This is a guy who was overweight. I think he weighed 300 pounds. He was a military veteran. He, as I said, was 75 years old used a cane for assistance to, to move. And this is somebody that the FBI deemed a credible threat, such a threat that they showed up with a warrant at 6.15 a.m. to raid his house for what? Now, the FBI had been monitoring this individual, Craig Robertson, since March. Now, it stems from a post that Craig Robertson put out on Truth social media, right? That's the one that Trump uses. And so, I mean, I, I don't know how I want to parse this right now. I'll say something a little bit controversial before to get it in your brains as I go through this, because you'll know where I'm heading. But we are all Craig Robertson. If you're not a Democrat, you are Craig Robertson. And you eventually will be a Craig Robertson. So he puts out this post on Truth Social Media in March, and most of you will agree that it's not something you would post. It's not maybe a smart thing to post, but it's also not illegal. But anyway, so, so he put this post out on Truth Social, basically saying that he wanted to put a hole in Alvin Bragg's forehead. Alvin Bragg, of course, being the corrupt, contemptuous, uh, district attorney in New York, right? The one who's trying to put Trump in jail over hush money payments. I've been through this too many times, but that's that's what that's the Alvin Bragg that he threatened on Truth Social. So in response, Truth Social shut down his account. They, they suspended it. But nonetheless, the FBI showed up at his house because of this message he put on Truth Social. Now, I want you just to imagine for a moment Imagine that you are this 75-year-old man who is a loose cannon on social media and don't act like you don't know people that act like Craig Robinson on social media. Whether you are a Democrat or Republican, the political tensions in this country are so high that everyone knows somebody who's posting controversial things on social media. And if you don't know them personally, you're familiar with instances of it. Who can forget Madonna talking about wanting to blow up the White House? Who can forget Johnny Depp calling for a return? To, you know, it's been a long time since we've had 
uh, John Wilkes Booth or something like that. That's in the clip I'll play in a second. Uh, you know, the, the failed comedian, whatever her name is, I forget, you know, the redhead, holding up a severed head of Donald Trump. Now, all these people... All these people are responsible for, for saying things. And these people actually had influence. But these people said things, made statements, made offerings in terms of their actions, like holding up a severed head of Donald Trump, that said what? I want to kill him. But the FBI didn't raid their homes. Now, let's talk about uh, Hodgkinson. Remember James Hodgkinson? He is the deranged Bernie Sanders supporter and Democrat who hated Trump who, and I guess it was 2018. Kathy Griffin's the redhead. Thanks, Captain. He's always got my back. He's always got my back. He can always save me from my the perils of my own mouth. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but, you know, James Hodgkinson's the individual who actually went and, and mowed down, shot up a baseball field in which congressional Republicans were practicing. And remember, he nearly fatally shot... Uh, Steve Scalise. Remember, he had to go to the emergency room. Uh, he was in critical condition. Thankfully, he survived. But the FBI never showed up at Hodgkinson's house when he was saying essentially the same things that the FBI showed up at uh, this individual, Craig Robertson's house. But anyway, but, so, but just imagine. So, so to, just to, to explain what I think really happened here, and they are saying, by the way, that he had a gun, right? They're saying he was armed when he was shot. That may be true, but I don't think we'd ever actually get the answer. But I'll explain why that's irrelevant in a moment. So let me just, let me just try and relate as I can to this, too. Now, I'm not out there making these uh, particular uh, extreme you know, statements or threats. I'm smarter, smart enough not to do that. I also um, <laughs> work in a career where... That would be uh, particularly problematic for me. But he, he makes this post that you can, you can say was wrong. But then imagine actually having the FBI show up at your house. So I've joked before on this program, you know, I've said, you know, you know come and get me. The FBI, the FBI are listening to me. Soon they're going to be knocking on my door because of the things I'm saying. But they haven't knocked on my door yet. But imagine, I mean, I, I'm just imagining this, Captain. Can you imagine yourself? You and I, let's say tonight, you know, we have this episode. It's heated. We say a lot of things here that are true and honest, need to be said. And tomorrow, you and I get a visit from the FBI, armed FBI agents. And they say, we listened to you. We heard your show last night. We saw your, your social media post. That would send a shiver down my spine so you understand this is how this happened right so the fbi let's see if i come back from the dead here there we go perfect i froze for just a second all right so craig robertson gets visited by the fbi for posting this threat on social media and it freaks him out. And honestly, look, I agree with Craig Robertson's sentiment in terms, of, in terms of how horrible, how corrupt this current administration is. We all agree with those things. Now, you and I aren't out there saying, you know, jokingly even, that I'm going to do X, Y, Z. I'm not even going to say it right now, you, you know, because I probably will have the FBI show up. But he knows he's being monitored. By the FBI, right? Because they show up at his house. So he starts writing messages that are that are aggressive towards the FBI. So this guy's freaking out, ticked off. It reaffirms his own position about what's happening in this country, this two-sided lack of justice system, Alvin Bragg going after Trump. And this guy who's a nobody finds out that the FBI has been monitoring him now and they're showing up at his door, Craig Robertson. So he sends a message saying, hey, FBI, you still monitoring my social media? Checking so I can have a loaded gun handy in case you drop by again. Now, you can say, stupid thing to post. But, you know, I would just say that there is something happening in the country right now 
And if this type of one-sided justice continues in which we actually are being persecuted, right? So what are we supposed to do as American citizens? Now, just forget about Craig Robertson for just a second. But let's say the same kind of lawless behavior happening in terms of what's happening to Trump or sure what happened to Craig Robertson here. Or if you're, you know, Catholic and you've got the FBI interrogating you or spying on you in your church, like this is lawless activity and you're being persecuted because you're not a Democrat. So at what point is it okay for Americans to start having conversations where they threaten the government back? So all day long, Democrats and the media and the left, they can use the FBI, they can use whatever corrupt bureaucrats they have out there to try and destroy an American's life. They can even kill other Americans. And we're just supposed to never say a word. We're never supposed to offer a threat to the government. And here's the thing. This may make you uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable too. But the sentiment expressed by Craig... Robertson, whether you agree with it or like it or not, it actually does embody the American spirit. It does actually embody the spirit and what is in our Declaration of Independence. If you go back to 1776, and it's important to talk about history, and you read the Declaration of Independence... It's pretty scary stuff. It says, hey, when a government starts to be abusive after a long train of abuses ensues and so on and so forth, and you've tried and nothing happens, it's actually the right of the citizens to throw off the government, exchange it for another one. So if you have that happening again today, and the government is lawless, and they're unconstitutional, you have Biden who, well, he wants to declare a climate emergency, it's coming and get ready for it. But just think about all the abuses we've experienced under our government right now. And we're just supposed to never say anything. We're supposed to be obedient. See, that is not American. And this is a bastardization of our own relationship. They aren't supposed to have really any power. And they only have the power as long as we consent. And I'm saying Craig Robertson, what's happened here, for every Craig Roberts, I mean, there are a lot of Craig Robertsons in this country. Many of you out there feel like Craig, but you'd never say and put it out there on social media like Craig. But, you know, I'm not saying anything any more controversial than the celebrated Abraham Lincoln said 20 years before the Civil War. And that's why I try to remind people every day, Captain, about history. Because... You know, if I say it or Craig Robertson, you know, I mean, he, he's no Lincoln. OK, I'm not saying that. But, you know, if we're out here saying these things and addressing the government. And obviously the FBI wants to prevent me or someone else from speaking this way. By intimidation and so on and so forth. And they, look, Craig Robertson, what happened here is retaliatory by the FBI. The message was simple. I'll tell you what the message was. Craig Robertson was killed by the FBI because he challenged the FBI. And you're not supposed to challenge the FBI. How dare you challenge them? They have all the power. So a clear message was sent to Craig Robertson and everyone else. You have no power. Craig Robertson, 75 years old. They show up at his house at 6.15 a.m. armed. They throw a flashbang. I mean, it's a setup. Even if the guy did have a gun in his hand. I don't know. You're 75. You already have a certain opinion about how things are going. They wanted this fight. They wanted this to go this way. There was no reason for this to happen. Craig Robertson wasn't actually a threat to anybody. But he had the cojones to tell the FBI, hey, come and uh, you know, pull a gun out of my cold, dead hand. And sure enough, the FBI showed up and they killed him. And while they can go after Craig Robertson, by the way, Apparently, you know, he's so dangerous, they show up and they kill him. But, you know, you have social media threats out there all the time, we found out after the fact. I mean, obviously, one prominent example is the one I already mentioned. That would be uh, James Hodgkinson, the Democrat who shot up the congressional Republicans on the baseball field. Well, he had the same type of social media posts out there for everyone to see with regard to Donald Trump. Why didn't the FBI raid Hodgkinson's home? And remember, the FBI 
for years until the Republicans pushed back enough that the FBI and Department of Justice relented. After James Hodgkinson shot up and targeted congressional Republicans, the FBI tried to dismiss it, dismiss it as a, you know, whatever, like a, a suicide attempt. They would not characterize it officially as domestic terrorism. Can you believe that? And that guy actually committed violence. This guy did not. Here's the thing. We have free speech in this country. And yes, you know, in general, you have to be careful with what you say to some extent, but it's not, it's not a crime. So you have to prove intent. You have to prove that there's some correlation that something is actually going to happen. I mean, if I sit here and say, man, I mean, I, this is the kind of stuff that a lot of people say off the cuff all the time. I mentioned about the show. Oh, FBI spying on me? Come and get me. Screw you. You know? Man, I'd kill that guy. Can you believe that guy over there? And that's the thing. You know, one of the things that, that, that Craig Robertson says here that got him into trouble again, uh, da, 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 da. if I can find it, might not be in this one. Yeah. But anyway, I, I just I just think, you know, for example, the post that I already mentioned, hey, FBI, you still monitoring my social media? Checking so I can have a loaded gun handy in case you drop by again. Honestly, I'd say something like that. Like if I find out my rights are being violated and I'm being targeted, that's the kind of ballsy message I would put out there too. Like, hey, hey, you guys still spying on me? Well, you better, you know, it's like them wanting to come from the stove or come for my gun. What do you say to these kind of people that are violating the law, violating your amendment rights? Okay, I dare you. I mean, when they were putting, you know, how many people should the FBI have murdered by now, Captain, if they actually went after all the people that posted guns in their photos on tops of their stoves? You remember when we found out the Biden administration was coming for gas stoves? And the Democrats downplayed it at first and they said he's not actually doing it. And of course, now we know he actually is very serious. It's happening. But there were thousands of Americans who took to social media that posted a photo of their gun on their stove and said, come and get it. Those people aren't, weren't actually threatening to kill anybody. Maybe they were. Maybe but you know what I'm saying? And this is the same thing that's going on here. But this guy didn't commit a crime, and they showed up at 615 looking for a fight, and they got one, and they murdered him. Now, this guy looked after his blind son. He was like a Boy Scout. This guy was a Mormon. You know, I mean, everyone in the community said he was like a teddy bear. But again, words, words, words that Democrats, you know, cue up, Captain, cut one. Captain, I'll cut it at some point. I'll let you know. We'll, we'll, you know, I'll, I'll just sense when I'm putting my audience, our audience to sleep here. And when I sense that moment, I'll cut it. But I want you to hear, this is Nancy Pelosi. This is, uh, I mean, countless Republicans I'm sorry, countless Democrats, Maxine Waters, prominent individuals, Rick Wilson of the Lincoln Project, you're going to hear. I mean, you'll hear all these people promoting violence and murder uh, against Republicans and Trump. Go ahead and uh, play cut one, Captain Go. I, I, I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country, and maybe there will be. People need to start taking to the streets. This is a dictator. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there is unrest in our lives. Enemies of the state. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. Do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless. When they go low, we kick How do you resist the temptation to run up and wring her neck? Biggest terror threat in this country is white men, most of them radicalized right up to the right. I thought he should have punched him in the face. I said, even if you lost, he insulted your wife. Yes. He came down the escalator and called Mexicans rapists and murders. He said, well, what do you think I should have done? I said, I think you should have punched him in the face and then gotten out of the race. And you would have been a hero. I'd like to punch him in the face. I said, if we were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. Punch some people in the face. When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump, and that's a fact. Look as his character is stabbed to death. Where is John Wilkes Booth when you need him? I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. 
A Missouri state senator is under investigation by the Secret Service after saying she hopes President Trump is assassinated. I will go and take Trump out tonight. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. And sadly, the domestic enemies to our voting system and wow. our honoring our Constitution are, are right at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. They're not going to stop before Election Day in November, and they're not going to stop after Election Day. And that should be, everyone should take note of that on both levels, that this isn't, they're not going to let up, and they should not. If you think we're rallying now, you ain't seen nothing yet. Well, I guess I let pretty much the whole thing play there. So uh, anyway, hopefully I didn't lose anybody. But I do think it's important to point out because, you know, what what the Democrats really are doing, I mean, it's really sick. They are violating the law themselves. They've unleashed their mob of violent, you know, brown shirts, their equivalent of brown shirts on the American people. And then they want to paint those of us who want to defend ourselves from criminality and injustice as those trying to start a civil war. And this is, this is what's so scary and dangerous. And obviously there's a psychological component to this where they want you to just give up. They don't want a war, right? I mean, they, they just want to, they want to create the circumstances that you just wave the white flag of surrender. They want you to be like the French when Hitler marched through Paris. They don't want you to be Great Britain, who goes to great lengths to fight back and defend yourself. And that's really the difference in World War II. Paris wasn't ready. Paris didn't even put up a fight. They didn't want to, uh, to harm any of their monuments, and they just gave up. And Hitler very easily took Paris. And Hitler thought he was going to go and do the same thing to London, using their air force. But he didn't understand, I mean, thankfully, it's, it's because Winston Churchill was prime minister and they were not going to let that happen. They weren't going to let that happen. And ultimately, of course, um, you know, despite the fact that Hitler bombed London and bombed parts, you know, and moved on with that, uh, you know, the, the, the British heroically fought back, you know, and of course we joined the, the war as well. But they don't want, they want us to be Paris. They don't want us to be London. They want us to be the French. They don't want us to be the British in terms of World War II. And they certainly don't want us to be the Americans who founded this country. And so this is the strategy. So they can get away with all of these actions all day, every day. Even prominent Democrat politicians, they can say things like, you heard uh, Lincoln Project guy, Rick Wilson, They've got to put a bullet in Donald Trump's head. Did the FBI show up at his house and say, hey, you said this on TV. Were you serious? Now, you can say that would be stupid. And I think so. I mean, for Rick Wilson, I mean, I don't really think that, I mean, some were serious. But a lot of those people, I wouldn't necessarily advocate for the FBI to show up at Madonna's house. But if we're going to apply the same uh, standards to the left as they do to the right, well, the FBI should have paid Madonna a visit. But, you know, you're not a dangerous person. You don't have any criminal record. This guy had no criminal record. And the FBI shows up to essentially raid your home with their warrant that they got for what? And that's the other thing. How did the FBI get a warrant? Just because he posts things on social media that are violent? Who's the judge that gave this warrant? Where did they go for this warrant? These are the questions I want to know. What was in the package of the request that allowed this? I mean, this is happening around the country. You had that gun owner, I think, or some gun store owner. It might have been in Montana. He was raided. He had his business raided by the FBI. I mean, this is happening all over the place. And I'm very serious. You are Craig Robertson. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you why I'm saying that. Do you remember when the FBI got caught 
because they were circulating this memo that was targeting Catholics. So the FBI, they got busted for targeting, targeting Catholics, Catholics in this um, leaked document, which said that Roman Catholics were at risk of committing acts of extremist violence. And the agency tried to downplay what they did here, which is criminal, as the work of a rogue field office. And Christopher Wray, the director of the FBI, even told uh, Jim Jordan at a congressional hearing the same thing, that it, it, it was just this isolated incident. Well, guess what? It turns out that this wasn't isolated. It turns out that thanks to a, a less redacted but still partially redacted internal FBI document released Wednesday by the House Judiciary Committee, we learned that the effort was widespread. So FBI headquarters said the report didn't meet its exacting standards and had been withdrawn. FBI Director Christopher Wray told the Judiciary Committee in July that the report was a single product by a single field office. And he said that as soon as he found out about this memo targeting Catholics, he said he was aghast and ordered it withdrawn and removed from the FBI systems. But guess what? With this new document we've seen that's less redacted, the report says that its information on Catholics was primarily derived from an FBI Richmond contact, an FBI Portland liaison contact, who informed on a subject who gravitated to traditional Catholicism, and an FBI undercover employee who reported on a subject who attended a Catholic church in California. So do you understand already? So Christopher and the FBI are trying to act like, oh, no, 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 they, they weren't really serious about painting all Catholics as domestic terrorists. This was one rogue field office. Except already we have communication between an FBI liaison contact in Portland, in Richmond, and somebody who's embedded in a Catholic church in California. Also, the FBI's Los Angeles field office initiated an investigation into one subject. In other words... It wasn't the product of a single field office as Ray lied. It was a widespread effort among several offices. And furthermore, of course, the FBI redacted because they wanted to lie to you and me and, you know, protect their own skins. So they redacted the roles of the Los Angeles and Portland offices from the original version of the Richmond document. So... They, they gave us this Richmond document and they redacted everything that proved that they were lying. And this is, this is the FBI Justice Department that is going up to a conservative Trump supporter's house in Utah and shooting him dead. What was his crime? Well, if you're a Christian or a Catholic in this country, apparently that's a crime. If you're a Trump supporter, that's a crime. The point is, the FBI, this is not their role. The FBI can't stop mass shootings, even when there are myriad social media posts they discover later that said, oh, wow, like they announced they were going to kill this person and commit this crime two weeks ago. Instead, their targets are law-abiding American citizens who commit the new crime of free speech that they don't like, or, you know, being religious, which you're not supposed to be anymore in America. Or if you question the left, if you don't go along with the state. I mean, you have California, you have Washington State, right? They're passing laws in which they can take away your child if you stand in the way of your child getting their pee-pee cut off without your consent. So you're the criminal? So being a responsible father and mother is a crime in some states now as well. And this is exactly what the Nazis did, by the way. You know, before they had the SS, they had the SA. Those were the brown shirts, the SA. And they were the bullies. And then they had to get legitimate because, you know, I mean, believe it or not, you know, the Nazis early on, you know, they, they still wanted to I mean, it was propaganda. They couldn't let on what they were really doing. So the SS had more of an air of formality to it. It was more, you know, uh, accepted as lawful, if you will, in some capacity. But both the SA and SS, exact same thing. And every dictatorship needs 
an official, you know, conduit of violence. And that's what the FBI has become in America. The FBI is, is to be feared by the American people, law-abiding Americans, not by criminals. Criminals need, need to have no fear of the FBI. Only conservatives and people on the right who stand up to the Democrat Party, now they have to fear the FBI. That's what the FBI has become. And I have no problem saying that because it's true. It's true. All right. So let's move on to some other things here. Um, well, firstly, you know, we got Bidenomics. Uh, it's really working well, Captain. I don't know if you heard about this, but Biden's been doing this tour, you know, defending Biden Bidenomics, right? You know, inflation, you know, came down slightly. And again, just to tell you, inflation is cumulative. So inflation coming down isn't anything to celebrate. As a matter of fact, as it stands today, since Biden took office, prices are up 16.9%. So you can say all day, oh, wow, look, this month inflation was is, is down to 4%, 3%. Yeah, but cumulatively, it's up 17%. Have your wages gone up 17%, Captain? And let's, let's be clear, too, about the inflation number, 16.9%. You know, the way they calculate the consumer price index, the CPI, it, it, it's really abused and it's dishonest because the CPI takes into consideration actually tens of thousands of goods and services, tens of thousands, right? And it comes up with some kind of average and it weights different goods and services differently than other things. So it's not all things are equal. So you can do a lot of playing around with a number in the end. So for example, since Biden came into office, prices cumulate overall, the average according to the CPI is 16.9%. But groceries and many things you buy and depend upon have gone up like 50%. So many of the things that are actually in your refrigerator, in your house that you have to continue to purchase, those are up double, not 16.9%. But even that said, let's just say, okay, everything on average is up 17%. Real wages are down about 3%. The point is, every American, you know, I mean, unless, you know, unless you have some lucrative career or whatever, but the point is, for most American citizens out there, they're making less money today, even if they're getting paid more than they were before Biden came into office. It's a disaster. So, Last month, you had Biden celebrating that inflation was coming down. He said Bidenomics was working. Well, guess what? In July, we just found out that inflation went up again. So the streak's over. Annualized inflation ticked up to 3.2%, the first increase in a year. And it's only going to get worse, folks. It's only going to get worse. And at the end of the day, you need to show real evidence that things are improving. It's not enough to say, oh, inflation came down by, you know, 0.2% this month. That's not indication of a healthy economy. I'm sorry. It's not. And I, frankly, I don't trust anything coming out of this administration, Captain, at all. Do you remember, I brought this up a couple episodes ago, but remember, 2022 quarter two, right? So between March and June, Joe Biden told us last year, that he created 1.12 million new jobs. Which is like, honestly, it shut up a lot of conservatives. It kind of had us freaking out. I remember seeing that and thinking, that, like, just me having studied economics, me, like, this doesn't make sense, right? It was, a, it was like the election in 2020. Like, where did this number come from? Like, oh, Donald Trump's leading by 600,000 votes and then they stopped counting and then all of a sudden... We wake up in the morning and Joe Biden's got this mystery, you know, 20,000 vote lead. Like, where did those votes come from? It doesn't make sense. The same thing happened Q2 last year when he reported all of a sudden out of nowhere, like the economy's doing terribly. And Joe Biden's like, guys, don't worry. Just I'm a miracle worker. I created 1.12 million jobs in Q2. And then we forgot about it. But the media promoted it like Bidenomics was working. And then what did we find out in December of 2022? He only created 10,500 jobs. In other words, he lied. He overstated 
his job creation by a million jobs. Can you imagine if Donald Trump was off by a million in what he said he'd done? So it was BS. It was a bunch of bull crap. He didn't do it. So I don't, I don't trust any of this. And the real problem with Democrats anyway, and this is why you have to be uh, committed to your own economic familial suicide if you vote for Joe Biden or any Democrat in 2024. It's because the Democrats are more to demand side economics and demand side economics is a disaster for the American people. Newt Gingrich wrote a great piece and I, I, I brought it up and printed it out because Newt, of course, well, he's been around for a while. He's very respected. He's been around for Reagan. So demand side economics, which is what the Democrats are pushing and, and demanding. All its only focus is crushing consumer demand and capital investment. So it's intended to, of course, you know, pressure, uh, you know, inflation to come down. And of course, the Dems love, love, love demand side economics because it favors who? Not you and me. It favors the government. The irony, of course, is that supply side economics, which I'll explain in just a moment, actually benefits the government in terms of their overall uh, profit, if you will, what they steal from us because it grows the economy. So the issue we have right now, right? Well, here's one thing, right? This is, this is how they bamboozle you all day long. So under Trump, it's true. We had spending problems related to COVID-19, to pandemic, the pandemic response. But that should have been temporary, right? It shouldn't have been a permanent budget feature, right? So whatever you increase the federal spending to, to cover COVID-19 and to give people you know, uh, stimulus checks and so on and so forth. That shouldn't, that, that the amount of money spent, those trillions of dollars, it shouldn't have been baked into any future budget. But that's what Joe Biden has done. So, you know, Biden took what we should have treated as temporary COVID-19 response funding. And this is what Newt Gingrich says under Trump. He shouldn't have treated this as a new baseline for bigger government, but that's exactly what he did. So automatically, we're just spending like we did when COVID was here. And obviously, I mean, it's just, you know, the, the, the economics is, is such a behemoth. I mean, housing is, is a classic example. People look to the housing sector to get an indication of how bad things are going to be. And of course, I've got, I've got friends right now, Captain. They're trying to buy a house. And uh, they, they actually, they put in an offer, you know, hopefully it goes well for them, but mortgages, mortgages are making it impossible for people to afford homes because you can't afford the interest rates. So as those mortgages become more expensive, I mean, even if you could afford the, the, the you know, in the, yeah, I mean, you just can't do it. You can't finance it because of the, 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 the mortgage cost. And so what happens? You know, if depending on what price brackets you're in, people have to lower the value of their home if they're selling it, right? So you're losing money if you're the homeowner. Most people's biggest asset is their house. So you have to actually lower the price of your house to make up for the mortgages that people can't afford. And so when housing slows down, what else slows down? I mean, construction, furniture, kitchen goods, plumbing, all those jobs you need, heating, air conditioning, all these things that come with a home. Those go away. They slow down. So you have layoffs. And so he explains, he explains, you know, supply side economics, which is the antithesis of demand side, which the Democrats want. This was obviously brought to Ronald Reagan by a guy named Jack Kemp, U.S. congressman from New York. And so 1980, Reagan bought into this plan completely. We know it worked. And he offered a plan for more jobs, bigger paychecks, lower inflation, smaller government, bigger private sector. And it's just common sense. You know, demand, you just crush consumer demand by hurting the individual. You're not growing the economy. But if you're a supply side economist, you actually encourage investment, right? So you lower taxes. You put, you, you, therefore, you put more money in people's pockets. You ease the financial pressure. So you incentivize them to create new jobs, to be more productive, to increase their 
entrepreneurial inventiveness, right? Under a, under a climate like this, when you have no money, you're not going to start a business. You're not going to invest. And that's the Democrats doing. And here's the big problem with what's happening that nobody wants to talk about. Social Security and Medicare funding. Those are boondoggles. And they need to be reformed. But none of that's happened, and I don't see any of it happening anytime soon because of the way the, the well, both parties play politics with it. The Republicans are too fearful to, deal, to do what needs to be done with it, and the Democrats use it as a cudgel uh, to claim that Republicans want you know, old people to die and starve. The irony is we're all going to die and starve if we don't address Social Security. So it's all IOU money, right? It goes into a slush fund. There's no real money there. Just, it's, you know, we don't, $30 trillion in debt. So we're still paying off Social Security. But theoretically, what should fund Social Security, right? I mean, it's, it's your paycheck. You pay X amount, 6%, whatever it is, each paycheck into Social Security, with the idea being that when you retire, you're going to get a portion of that back. Well, if the economy's not growing, you're not going to have money to pay for Social Security and Medicare, which costs continue to skyrocket, right? So if we're only growing at 1% to 1.5%, right, GDP, we're going to have a crisis. We're going to have a crisis in funding the government. And we're going to have a bigger unemployment rate. And this is really, you know, to Newt's point, I write a lot about this in my book. I have a whole chapter about this. But, you know, he says a major choice in the 2024 election should be between the Biden administration's demand-side pain and a return to the growth, prosperity, and strength, which Reaganite supply-side approach will yield. And this is the Reagan-Trump model. It worked under Trump. He did it. And all this stuff about, oh, you know, if you, if you give people tax cuts, you're taking away— re- I mean, it's crazy that people think this way anyway, that people don't have enough self-respect that they think the government's owed more of your money when they're just robbers. But nonetheless, create, expanding GDP creates more wealth. It creates a bigger tax base, right? If you have more people making better income and you have more people paying taxes, obviously the government receives more money. This is one of those lies that I've never understood that they get away with, Captain, when the Democrats continue to say, you know, that that we can't afford to give people tax cuts. When you can look definitively at the Reagan era when we had, you know, huge monumental tax cuts, and you can also look at when Trump did it, And the opposite thing that the Democrats say is supposed to happen, happen. When we've got the biggest tax cuts in the country under Reagan and Trump, the federal government took in historic revenue. That is, they got more money. And it's proved. It's proven. And yet Democrats still, it's it's like I saw Democrats out there today. I guess it was uh, Michael Brown. Remember Stand Up, Don't Shoot Michael Brown? So it's the nine-year anniversary of um, him being shot in the act of trying to murder a cop. And the people of Ferguson, near St. Louis, Missouri there, well, they're all laying wreaths and teddy bears for this guy. I mean, this guy and his dad is out there talking about how far we've come. Michael Brown punched a cop through the open window of the driver's side of the cop car. He assaulted the cop, and then he tried to take the cop's gun and shoot the cop with it. And the cop, in self-defense, shot Michael Brown. <coughs> in the front, by the way. And they claimed, yo, he was, he was just like, he was just standing there with his back to the cop and got shot. But my point is, nine years later, you have Corey Bush, and you have people that are still celebrating Michael Brown like he's a hero. We know it's been proven. It's been debunked, Captain. It's not true. It's a hoax. And the people in Ferguson are still treating it and him like what the media said was true and it wasn't. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. All right. Cue up cut two. So we know that Joe Biden was involved in his son Hunter's business dealings. We know that he's a co-conspirator in violations of FARA. We know that Joe Biden now, they have traced $20 million to the bank account. So Joe Biden has uh, earned $20 million by doing favors using his office, being vice president, 
uh, to other foreign entities and countries. We know that he took a, a $5 million, $10 million bribe between him and Hunter both from Burisma in exchange for getting Victor Shokin, the Ukrainian prosecutor, fired. We know that he took money from CEFC, the uh, communist Chinese-linked energy company. This purpose was to go around the world and uh, you know work on behalf of the communist Chinese government. And so Joe Biden claims he's never spoken with Hunter and business associates on the speakerphone even still, even after Devin Archer said that he did. So, all right, go ahead and play cut two, Captain. I want you to hear Peter Ducey. Peter Ducey uh, is back from paternity leave, and he asked uh, Joe Biden this. You'll, you'll he- and hear Joe's response. Go. There's this testimony now where one of your son's former business associates is claiming that you were on speakerphone a lot with them, talking business. Is that what? I never talked business with them. And I, I know you'd have a lousy question. Well, what do you, it's, why is that a lousy question? Because it's not true. Thank you, Mr. President. Well, there you have Joe Biden denying it the umpteenth time. I mean, it's just, and of course, does does he treat Peter Ducey there, the new father? I don't know if it's a first kid or not, but you know, he just had a kid. Does he treat Peter Ducey with respect there? That's a lousy question. Does anybody remember the name Abby Phillip? Remember the name Abby Phillip? Abby Phillips, she's still on TV. She happens to be African-American. She's, uh, I don't know. She's got an IQ level on par with the women on The View. Um, She's probably about as smart as Kamala Harris. And she's out there saying the most horrendous things about Trump all day, every day. I mean, she's a a full-throated propagandist. I mean, she's kind of like, she's kind of like, what's the other woman I make fun of? She looks like she's trying to reappropriate uh, you know, Trump culture. She's trying to she's trying to look like Trump. What is her name? She's also happens to be African American there on MSNBC. Joy uh, Joy Reid, right? Joy Reid. She looks like she's she's got a yellow uh, toupee on her head. This is her latest hairstyle. It's it's wild to me. I mean, this she has more toupees than than uh, I don't know. But anyway, so I want I want you to hear Trump uh, address Abby Phillip. Uh, cue up cut three, Captain. So this is Trump being asked by Abby Phillip a stupid question, and this is at, uh, Donald Trump's response. Go ahead and play cut three, Captain Go. Do you expect Matt Whitaker to be involved in the Russia probe? Do you want him to... It's up to him. Do you want him to rein in Robert Mueller? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. But I watch you a lot. You ask a lot of stupid questions. <laughs> So I just play that. And Donald Trump's right. Here's the thing, right? Uh, you know, they talk about whataboutism. You know, whataboutism is, you know, somebody does something that you support and then your response is, well, what about Don- Joe Biden did it too? You know, what we do and what I do is not whataboutism because there's no comparison between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. There's no comparison between uh, the murder of um the murder of Craig Robertson by the FBI and what happened to George Floyd. Uh, these are not the same things at all in any way. So, you know, this is somebody who's a paid shill for the Democrat Party, of course. And what he, the context, it's not that important, but Matt Whitaker took over as the attorney general because, of course, uh, Trump's AG, you know, stepped down, recused himself from uh, the investigation when, when it was announced that Mueller was going to do his investigation. So she's asking, oh, you know, are you going to, he's already addressed this. And she's saying, oh, are you going to have your, you know, the acting AG Matt Whitaker, you know, have him like interfere and shut down the Mueller thing? He said, what a stupid question. No, he's not. But anyway, in response to Trump doing that, the media spent a lot of time bringing up, playing clips of every time Donald Trump didn't call on a reporter or told a reporter to stand down or said something like he did to Abby Phillip. And they said that Donald Trump was racist. It was evidence of his racism and hatred towards black women because of his response there to Abby Phillip. But Peter Ducey gets shut down. He's also been called a stupid SOB by Joe Biden. And the media ignores it completely. 
So I do use whataboutism to some extent for Democrats out there who want to claim all the time that Donald Trump was such a bad person, not fit to serve, because I can come back with 10 legitimate reasons that prove that Joe Biden is the monster you're accusing Donald Trump of being with your one phony incident. That's the point. And that's why I bring it up. So anyway, but go ahead. So play cut four, Captain. This is Tucker Carlson. This happened last week, I think. He had Devin Archer on. And I want you to hear. So Joe Biden says he never spoke with Hunter and business associates on the speakerphone. He claims still that uh, he stands by his previous lie, I guess. But play this. I want you to hear Devin Archer, what he says. And, and, and uh, Joe Biden's denying all this. Go ahead and play it. There's no corruption here at all. This is totally normal. Joe Biden had no role whatsoever in uh, in his son's business or knowledge of it. But right. How would I mean? That seems false. Yeah, I, I think that. Yeah, I think that's that's categorically false. I think that what what the he was aware of Hunter's business. He met with Hunter's business partners. He, I mean, you found a letter that that illustrates that he knew me. And he's thanking you. <laughs> he's thanking you for so, his efforts. So I think that was, for, yeah, I think your efforts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think that a, that's a, um, you know, that's that's not factually right. So there's Devin Archer, but it doesn't stop Joe Biden from still lying and not being held accountable. I mean, let's let's just go through a list here of uh, proof that Joe Biden's a liar. We have Biden family suspicious activity reports of wire transfers. We have texts. We have emails. We have WhatsApp messages. We have photos of Joe with Hunter Biden's business partners. We have Joe Biden's voicemail to Hunter, right, tipping it off about the New York Post story, about the email scandal, saying you're going to be all right. You have five individuals referencing Joe Biden as the big guy. You've got two whistleblower testimonies now from IRS individuals. You've got... The FBI FD 1023 form, which, al- which alleges a recorded recorded phone calls and texts between Biden and a Burisma executive. You have an FBI informant alleging bribes. You have video, right, of Joe Biden himself bragging about getting the Ukrainian prosecutor fired. We have Hunter's statements about giving half his income to his dad, right? He said, you know, uh, I-, I have to pay, you know, half my salary to dad, he complained to his relatives. We have a former White House aide saying the FBI ignored his role in Ukraine business dealings. We have millions of dollars, $20 million, flowing into Biden family bank accounts. And we have, you know, of course, Hunter paying for Joe Biden's expenses. We have Devin Archer saying that Biden's claims repeatedly of not being involved in the family business are categorically false. And Joe Biden stands there today and says he had no involvement with the business. And it's amazing to see the same Democrats that that are pushing for Donald Trump to go to jail, the same Democrats who bought into the Trump-Russia collusion hoax and quid pro quo and the J6 insurrection, all those Democrats claim there's no evidence. No evidence. That that we're just making this up about Joe Biden, that this this is stupid. I just gave you 15, 16, 17 bullet points of actual evidence, which is more than they ever had for anything they accuse Trump of doing, and they want us to stand down. Talk about gaslighting. So, so nutty. But, you know, an interesting move, you know, Joe Manchin saying he's think he's thinking seriously now about leaving the Democratic Party before the 2024 election. Now, I don't know what the odds are of that. I mean, Manchin, I don't actually have a lot of respect for. He's one of these guys that talks a lot. You want to like him like you want to like RFK Jr. because he says the right thing every now and then, but at the end of the day, he's a Democrat. So I don't know. I mean, obviously, Kristen, Kristen uh, Cinema of Arizona, the senator at Arizona, she left last year to become an independent. But that again, she did that out of personal selfish reasons because she thinks it's going to help her in terms of the election in Arizona. Because, you know, if they didn't cheat in their elections, uh, you might not have Democrats elected. So she's reading the tea leaves. She's saying, ah, maybe I should become an independent because being a Democrat is going to be a problem in Arizona. So I don't know. I mean, uh, there are rumors that Manchin's going to throw his hat in the ring and launch his own third-party bid for president. Uh, maybe, but 
we, we, he's RFK Jr.'s in there. He's polling higher than DeSantis. He's like 20%. Democrats like him. A lot of Republicans like him too, but the Democrats are pretending like RFK Jr. doesn't exist, like his candidacy is a joke. I mean, they're doing everything they can to insulate Joe Biden, just like they did in 2020 to declare him the winner right away. They want to give the superficial sense out there that there's no division within their own part, but there is. I'm telling you, the Democrats are putting on this brave face, but it's fake. Joe Manchin, I mean, all these people. I mean, Newsom wants to get in there. But uh, so Manchin said on this radio show, he said, I'm thinking seriously. For me, I have to have peace of mind, basically. The brand, he says, has become so bad. The D brand and R brand. In West Virginia, the D brand, because it's the national brand, it's not the Democrats in West Virginia, it's the Democrats in Washington. You've heard me say a million times I'm not a Washington Democrat. See, Joe Manchin's full of shiza, though, because Joe Manchin is the same guy who voted for the Inflation Reduction Act, which directly harmed his own constituents in West Virginia. And by the way, have you seen Joe Biden out there avoiding the press, avoiding answering for all of the, for like the most, the biggest scandal in U.S. history as it relates to a president? He's out there announcing the new uh, national park, preventing uranium mining, and uh, declaring a climate emergency, apparently. Declaring a climate emergency, apparently. But I think it's amazing because... Joe Biden's out there talking about the Inflation Reduction Act, right? He's saying, I've, this is the biggest climate bill ever passed in world history. Wait a minute, Captain. I thought the Inflation Reduction Act was supposed to reduce inflation, right? Like the title says. The, the, I mean, I, you know, what a bunch of sh- suckers in this country. But, you know, I, I hope West Virginia doesn't forget what Joe Manchin did here. <clears throat> you see... <clears throat> Joe Manchin, they, were, they needed his vote to pass the Inflation Reduction Act. And the Democrats knew that their plan was going to hurt West Virginia. They knew it was a climate bill, falsely called an Inflation Reduction Act. But they went out and sold it as an Inflation Reduction Act, knowing that it was a climate bill. So that they hoped that Joe Manchin would sign it because the West Virginians, they hoped, would be so stupid that they wouldn't remember. And so here you go, the Inflation Reduction Act. Joe Biden's out there telling everybody, look at this bill. And he's not even mentioning Inflation Reduction Act in many cases. He's just talking about how he passed the biggest climate bill ever. What climate bill? I don't remember a climate bill being passed, Captain. I thought we had an Inflation Reduction Act being passed. Democrats love being lied to. Sadists and masochists. They're like this character in the show Billions. They got this like, uh, I don't know if he's the AG district attorney. Anyway. He, 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 like, I don't know. I mean, this is kind of like rated R, but you know, he's got, he's got this bad marriage. I mean, everyone's screwed up in this show, but his fetish for whatever reason that keeps him going that he ha- he needs it. Like, you know, a heroin addict needs heroin. He goes down underground in New York city to these places and he gets tied up and beaten by women. Right. That are in like in, you know, leather bound and you know, he's a freak. But I'm saying these are Democrat voters. They like this stuff. They like to be lied to. They like to be beaten down. They like to have their economic prosperity ruined. They love this stuff. It's weird. Another reason I'm not a Democrat. And uh, by the way, you know, go ahead and play uh, Cue Up Cut 6, Captain, first. Cut 6, got two clips to go here. Cut 6, climate emergency. So, This is Donald Trump talking to, I believe, the Weather Channel. (laughs) He does an interview with the Weather Channel. Hard-hitting stuff here, the Weather Channel. And I want you to listen to him say this, and then then I'll comment. Go ahead. Are you prepared to declare a national emergency with respect to climate change? I've already done that. National emergency, we've conserved more land. We've moved into, we've rejoined the Paris Climate Accord. We've passed a $368 billion climate control facility. We're, we're, we're moving. It's the, it is the existential threat to humanity. So you've already declared that national emergency. Well, in the practice, you got a bug on it. Oh, thanks. Appreciate it. 
So you've already declared that national emergency. Practically speaking, yes. Practically speaking, yes. Now, what I would point your attention to is the way the left responded to the left freaked out and melted down and they tried to cover this up. They said, no, 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 there's no climate emergency that's been planned. There's no climate emergency that's been stated. It hasn't been done. You see, Democrats know that this is a death knell for them in terms of the electorate. And they've been, they, look, throughout 20, since Joe Biden's become president, the left, whether you read the New York Times or whatever, has been, the, the environmental crowd has been demanding that he declare a climate emergency to give him these basically near unlimited powers to address climate change. Now, there is no climate emergency and there's nothing we can do about it. But see, they want to use the climate emergency just like they used the COVID pandemic emergency. It's, it's substituting, and I've, I've been saying this forever, other people have said it too, but climate change is the new COVID, right? It's the next emergency, the next pandemic, the next crisis they're going to use to seize more of your liberty and force transformation in this country that takes power away from you and gives power to the government. And so he let it slip there, even the word climate emergency, because the Democrats don't want to tell you, foretell you what their plans are. They don't want you to know, you know, it's like COVID. They're not out there ahead of time being like, you know, <clears throat> this pandemic's going to come and, you know, we're going we're gonna to really uh, lock down all the states and take away all your rights and whatever. They, they don't want us focused on that right now. But that is coming. The climate emergency is coming. And they're going to use that to force the transition. Now, this would go to the Supreme Court, obviously. But he's right. that He's already done more to destroy this economy than any president in American history. He's already lawlessly using the EPA to put power plants, coal plants out of business, forcing car manufacturers to make solar. And, you know, I had a story I didn't get to last time, Captain. It's like a Solyndra deal. Um, My stack from last time. Yeah. So, so you remember Solyndra, Captain? Joe, I mean, uh, Barack Obama went and toured this plant, had himself filmed there. He gave them a bunch of money, a bunch of our money to prop them up. They, they made solar panels and they went out of business. I mean, they went bankrupt after we gave them like billions. Well, Joe Biden's done the same thing. He went and toured this plant called Proterra. It's an electric bus manufacturing company. The Biden administration's promoted it. And guess what? It's failed. It's gone. It's bankrupt. And he wants to force the economy to go against what is going to be even successful. So, I mean, imagine the genius out there. So you've got, I mean, all of these, so all these companies, maybe apart from Tesla, are losing money, by the way. They're not making money. They're losing money to incentivize people to buy the cars because they're more expensive. Nobody wants them. There's no actual natural market for it. So they're going bankrupt. So he wants to take that, Joe Biden, and force that across the entire United States. So this is successful. Let's get rid of it. And let's replace it with that, which is not successful. It's, it's totally outrageous. Now let's end with this uh, cut five, Captain. So I'll end with this. This is just to show you how out of touch the ruling elite, the Democrats, our media are with the American people. They're incapable of actually listening and learning anything. anything. Now this is good news for us. But this is John King on CNN. He went and interviewed a bunch of Trump supporters and he asked them a bunch of questions about should we support, you know, Ukraine, this and that. He, and he was shocked that they don't watch CNN and shocked that they support Trump. It's like these people aren't supposed to exist, but they're everywhere. Cue up, play cut five, Captain, go. When you hear the Ukraine exchange there, it's like watching the open of an old Tucker Carlson show. He's not there anymore, but that's what it is. And these are busy people. These are hardworking people. Uh, there are too many Democrats who want to say they're deplorables or, you know, why talk to these people? Uh, there are millions of them. Uh, this is a family that literally is, is an economic anchor in the community. The business started in the basement, employs 80 people. The new solar company employs 15 people in a part of the country that has been devastated economically and challenged economically the last 25 years. They're good people. They raise money for the Girl Scouts. They go to church. But they believe things that would break our fact check machine. That's just a fact. And they don't trust us. They think we're part of the problem. Yeah.
Yeah, you are. You're not part of the problem. You are the problem. But I mean, listen to this guy. He goes. <clears throat> I mean, I guess props for actually talking to them, but he goes and finds out they're not actually deplorables. I mean, what? What? Hillary Clinton said you guys are all deplorables. I went and found out that you're hardworking. I went and found out that you're the backbone of your community. You you give to the Girl Scouts. These people aren't what Hillary Clinton said. They are. They're wonderful people, but they believe nothing but lies. That's what he comes away with. He comes away with. Um, unbelievable. You know, Jack Smith, uh, I mean, this is outrageous. They're trying to schedule this uh, jury about defrauding the United States for, I think, January 3rd. I think is the, the, the debt they want. January 2nd or 3rd. The point is, they're trying to do it right in the middle of, I think it's the Iowa caucus, Captain. What's the first, isn't that one we lead off with every year? So they're trying to prevent Donald Trump from winning in Iowa. So here's what they're trying to do. You've got the Iowa caucuses happening, right? And Trump's going to be, if they have their way, in court. So he won't be in Iowa. He won't be able to campaign. So they're hoping to convince the Iowa, those individuals voting in the Iowa caucus that Donald Trump's not a, not, not a candidate, essentially. They basically want to eliminate him from Iowa. And obviously these caucuses, you know, if they can give DeSantis or someone else an early win, it creates momentum. The Democrats did this with Joe Biden, right? When he won South Carolina with the help of, uh, whatever, one of the black senators or con- congressmen there, they pulled them across the fence. That's when the momentum changed. So you use these things to convince others down the road that you have the sure thing. Now, obviously, Donald Trump should be the nominee. So they're doing this on purpose because they want to knock him out of the running early and they want to set the tone. These guys don't want Donald Trump to be the nominee. Put that out of your heads. Start asking yourselves why they don't want him to run again. Because they don't. They don't want to run against him again. All right. This is Drew Allen, your Millennial Minister of Truth. God bless you all, and until next time. Talk to my friend Drew Allen. I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. One of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew, Drew Allen. Allen. As Drew Allen. conservative. I to this guy for wisdom.